Good morning and happy Sunday. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up for Sunday. This is May 14th, 2023. We start out in Psalm 60, verse 5. It continues a prayer to God for deliverance from one's enemies. Quote, Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for he will trample down our foes. So my take from that is that call to God for help. You are not, we are not, built to go alone. Then we go to John 8, verse 12. So we're picking up now in what I called in my notes, traditional John. So remember, John 7.53 through 8.11 apparently was not in the original manuscripts or it was not in some of the manuscripts that were older than some of the ones found. So was it added or not? I don't know, but it is a powerful story. But we pick up after that, after the prostitute story. Jesus leads by telling the people, quote, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have a light that leads to life. That's sort of the premise for a novel I wrote a few years back called Leaving Darkness. And that's basically leaving darkness through the power of Christ-based based small group healing. It's actually based on experiences that I encountered as a small group facilitator for a ministry that I'm currently not involved with, but only because there's only so much you can do during the day. I'll probably get involved at some point in time if I ever retire, but we'll see. Anyway, upon hearing this, the Pharisees called this testimony, quote, invalid which is an interesting word. To me, it implies lacking authority. Remember, we've talked about authority here before. The, oh, I am not, no, I am in the, okay. Sorry for a minute there. I thought I had just made the same mistake that I did a couple of days ago and wasn't actually recording. Never mind. We'll continue on here. We're talking about authority. And so Jesus talks about, things that the Pharisees are wondering where he gets this authority from. They use the word invalid. Now, Jesus notes that according to, he uses the word, their law, Mosaic law, if two agree, their witness is accepted as fact, and that he is one witness and the father is the other. Well, this didn't really do anything to sway the Pharisees, and likely... This further anger, angered them, but they didn't arrest him because, according to John, his time had not yet come. John's used that statement before. Now, Jesus reiterates he's going away soon. Some wondered if he meant suicide. He says two points that he's talked about before. He is not of this world, and unless they believe that he is who he claims to be, they will die in their sins. He then predicts his death. So this is interesting. Quote, when you have lifted the Son of Man on the cross, 
then you will understand that I am he, end quote. Now, I'm assuming that probably Jesus knew by now that crucifixion was his end game for his death because that was the common method of dealing with severe criminals back then. We go over to Judges 18, pivots to another story about the tribe of Dan who's looking for a home, since they apparently have not been able to evict the people in the land that they were assigned. Now, if you think about the timeline, this is like 400 years after Joshua, right? I'll hold that thought. I'll get back to that towards the end of this. So Dan t sends five warriors to scout out the land, and they just happened to end up staying on their journey at Micah's house. They recognized the Levite there by the Levite's accent. So the warriors of Dan asked if God has a message, and the Levite said the Lord is watching over their journey. They take that as obviously a good sign. The scouts' report was favorable, and... When they returned to the tribe of Dan, they recommended attack, which Dan did. 600 warriors were sent. Now, all of these just happened to end up at the house of Micah. I guess Micah's right on the main highway between Dan and the land they wanted, the land they were assigned, the town that they were trying to conquer. They removed all of the idols from Micah's shrine, and including the ephod and all that, and invited the Levite to be their priest. And the Levite accepted. The, the recruiting message was, why be priest to just one man when you can be priest for an entire clan? It's a pretty, pretty good recruiting message, I would imagine. Anyway, so the 600 left to continue their journey to get the land and but Micah chased after them, basically saying, you know, quote, you have taken away all the gods I have made and my priest, and I have nothing left, end quote. I think there's some lesson embedded in here that false gods can be taken away in an instant, but I would add that it's necessary for awakening. Anyway, Dan captured the land and appointed Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, priest. Oh, wait a minute. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? That's doesn't make sense, because from a time perspective, aren't we 400 years from Joshua? Well, the conclusion is then that Judges is not chronological, and this... I'm, can be kind of OCD, and that is bothersome, because earlier we are we are given the indication that it was, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was 300 or 400 years after the Exodus. So, Jonathan's lineage served as Dan's priests, the end of um, Judges 18 says, until the exile. So there's another indication there, too, about the, as I move in my squeaky chair, <laughs> that Judges was written way after the fact, because, I mean, how could they know about the exile, um, the author? So that means that when I always talk about context, so 
now we know that Judges is more of a historical look back document. So I almost imagine that the Israelites were exiled and they're trying to keep their culture alive. So they tell stories in, about the history of the land. And then somebody said, okay, maybe we better write this stuff down. At least that's the impression I have today. Flip my page here. Hope you don't mind that extraneous sound. So we have a new chapter and a new story in Joshua 19. I believe we're in 19. A Levite and his concubine. That's what it starts out with. But she got angry with him for some reason and went home to her father's home in Bethlehem. He tried to get her back. He went to the house, to the father's house, stayed there for several days, then tried to leave. But the father, and this is a quote, the woman's father said to her son-in-law, to his son-in-law, have something to eat before you go. Now, did you catch that? Son-in-law. So is, is the man married to the woman or is it her concubine? Or am I missing something culturally here? Because I see concubine as not being a wife. So a little confusing, but we'll continue on. The father keeps urging him to stay. I don't get an impression as to why. You know, he keeps on saying, well, stay a little bit later and, you know, have something to eat. And then later in the day, it's like, well, it's late. Why don't you just stay overnight? And then you can leave first day in the morning. Well, after a couple more days of this, the the Levite eventually says, okay, I'm going to go. They tried to spend the night in a town square, but an older man took them in and said, don't, don't stay in the town square. And, and as I'm reading this, I realized that the reason probably why is that the man, the older man understood that this probably wasn't going to be a safe thing for him. So older man takes him in a crowd of men, some group of men um, decided that they wanted to have sex with the man. And this is where the story gets like disturbing. And the old man is like, don't do this detestable thing to, to this man. Instead, take my virgin daughter and his concubine, uses the word concubine here, take them and abuse them and do what you want to do to them all night. Again, this is a disturbing passage. The, the men... The, the Levite ended up shoving the concubine out the door. So, and I believe it was the Levite. I, I didn't write that down. I'm going from memory on that. So is it his wife or his um, concubine? Um, I don't know. Shoves her out the door. She's raped all night. She then returned to the house, quote, where her husband was staying, end quote. So married or not, I don't know. But regardless, this Levite, who's supposed to be a holy type person, a priest, a real crappy person. She apparently dies there. He takes her home, cuts her up into 12 pieces and sends a piece to each of the tribes of Israel. I'm thinking there's more to this disturbing story than I'm getting, um, but I, I'm not, I'm just not getting it. I think that there's probably some significance in that with the story that it's a Levite 
I think it's a significance that he sends to the 12 tribes. And with the newfound perspective that this is a look back in time, that this was a story that the Israelites felt important, if in fact what I was thinking is correct, that the Israelites felt that this story was important to tell the people as the generations to pass down from generation to generation. I believe, if I remember correctly, that this story continues in the next day's readings, but I guess we'll find out about that tomorrow, won't we? So until then, hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Remember, church isn't just about Sunday. We should be prepared and live life always the best we can following Christ. And as I like to say at the end of every podcast, to live each day as if the king is coming back today. Take care.